Welcome to All My Children Wear Fur Coats, a program dedicated to creating a legacy for your pet. Animal companions, your pets, your children, whatever you call them, they are dearly loved family members. As pet parents and animal lovers, we have an obligation to ensure their current and future well-being. Join estate planning attorney and animal advocate Peggy Hoyt, your host, every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time here on natureschannel.fm. Peggy explores the many alternatives available to help you provide for the future care of your pets. They love us unconditionally. Let's make sure we care and provide for them in every circumstance. Hello and welcome. You're listening to All My Children Wear Fur Coats on natureschannel.fm. I'm your host, Peggy Hoyt, and today is Memorial Monday. On Mondays, we're going to remember the first Monday of every month, we're going to remember those pets that we've loved and lost. And so we invite you, our listeners, to send us information about a pet that you've loved and lost. You can post it on our Facebook page at All My Children Wear Fur Coats, and we'll be happy to remember your pet on the air on Memorial Monday. We're very, very lucky today to have with us a good friend of mine. Uh, Her name is Sherry Capabianca, and she runs a business here in Central Florida called Rocky's Retreat. And I'm going to have Sherry tell us all about Rocky's Retreat, but if you live in an area of the country where you don't have a Rocky's Retreat, I feel sorry for you. And I feel sorry for your dog, because this place is really, really special. Welcome, Sherry. Thanks, Peggy. I appreciate it. Um, yes, that's great to know that if, if there's not a, a Rockies retreat in another part of the country, at some point we will have one. We hope. That would be wonderful, and everyone would um, benefit from that greatly. So, Sherry, tell me a little bit about how Rockies retreat got started, because I know that it was actually named after a dog named Rocky. It was named after my golden retriever named Rocky, who passed away in 2007. He had just turned nine, which was, in my opinion, way too young to lose him. But basically his mission was done. He was, he was responsible for getting me going on this path of, of helping and healing dogs. So Rocky was probably, in 2005, Rocky was about seven years old, and I was working as a software engineer. And I knew at some point that my days as a software engineer would end. And the company that I was working for had been laying off for many, many years. And, and at some point I knew I'd get that tap on the shoulder And I didn't want to go out and get another software job, so I was starting to look at other things to do. And one night, Rocky was starting to have some uh, hip issues, and one night I just had this incredibly vivid dream that said, do canine massage. And I thought, canine massage? What's that? I I didn't even know it existed. I'd never heard about it, but the dream was very, very clear. So I woke up the next morning and told my husband, I want to do canine massage, and he said, go for it. Very supportive man. So... That's what I did. I started researching it in 2005, found a great school to go to, and from then on it's taken a life of its own. I have since then become a Reiki master. I've become certified in canine acupressure, hydrotherapy, and um, uh, aromatherapy for animals. So uh, in 2011, then uh, we, my business partner Toby Gass and I actually opened our facility. And it is a beautiful facility. So Tell um, tell the listeners how you designed the facility and what your thought process was as you were picking out a location, looking for a building, thinking about how the layout of your building was going to go. 
um, because I know it's changed a little bit over time, and we'll talk about that. But just talk about the, the beginning thought process on the type of facility that you were looking for. Well, we were looking for a facility, first of all, that we could purchase. Um, second of all, we wanted it to be centrally located, and it is centrally located within the Central Florida area. We needed um, a, a way to get a pool inside because we have an indoor pool. In fact, we've got the only indoor pool for dogs in the state of Florida. So we needed a way to be able to get the pool in. Um, we needed to be able to have a lobby where, where people could enter through one door, go into the pool room, go into the drying room after that to, dry, to finish drying their dogs, and then exit out of a completely different door. So it's kind of a horseshoe-shaped uh, facility. So that's what we really wanted. We also wanted a space for a classroom so that we could um, teach people great bonding things to do with their dog. We wanted a massage room so that we could massage dogs. So when we found this facility that we're currently in, it was an old house that was built in 1962, and it perfectly suited us. It's in the right zoning, uh, has a half an acre of land, so it was just perfect, and then we ended up adding about a thousand square feet to it when we did the remodeling for it. Well, and I know when you walk in the front door, um, you feel like you're in a spa for people, but then you realize pretty quickly that this isn't a spa for people. This is a spa for dogs. Yeah, I think it gives it away when you hear the dogs barking, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, yeah, we wanted that that zen kind of feeling. We definitely wanted a, a very calming environment. Um, a, a lot of the dogs that we work with have issues of some sort. You know, they're, they're older. They may be afraid coming in here. They probably, many of them don't like to swim. So we wanted something that would be very peaceful and calming. All the colors in here are very calming. Uh, the floors are, are nice, uh, beautiful shade of real hardwood floors. So it's just a very relaxing and, and peaceful. We, kn we knew we didn't want anything clinical at all. So I think that we achieved the look that we were going for. Oh, I would agree completely. Well, and I'm on your website right now, and, and if folks want to um, go to your website, they can go to Rocky's Retreat. It's R-O-C-K-Y-S-R-E-T-R-E-A-T.com, and you can read all about what's going on down there with Sherry and Toby. Um, I'm looking at this beautiful picture of Rocky, and since it is Memorial Monday, um, just say a little bit more about Rocky, and we'll remember Rocky today. Thank you. I appreciate it. My husband had never had a dog before in his life, and I had been without a dog for 10 years between my dog who passed away many years ago. Um, and, we, and my husband and I travel a lot, so there was, you know, no, we knew the responsibility of having a dog, so we didn't, we didn't bring a dog into our lives. We were we lived overseas for a short while and everything. So when we were, when I was finally ready for a dog, I said, okay, I I really want one. And he said, well, I've never had one before. And I started researching breeds, and I decided that Golden Retriever would be a, a great breed for him because they're such easy dogs to 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 train. They're easy to walk. They're loving. They're friendly. You know, I just thought, and and I knew I wanted a big dog. So. And that's how we that's how we wound up getting Rocky, and actually Rocky had his name before he ever came into our lives, because my husband is an avid sports person, and Rocky was named after Rocky Marciano or Rocky Balboa, how, whichever one you want. So okay. he uh, he and and I am firmly convinced, you know, I I believe that dogs come into your life for a reason, and I firmly believe that Rocky came into my life to get me going on this path of healing and helping dogs. And when I finished my last class 
2007, and he died a week later. Oh, my goodness. Well, I know that uh, Christine, the founder of our show, she would agree with that because she was telling me just the other day that um, animals do come into our lives to teach us something. And so yes. it appears that that really was true in Rocky's case yes. for you. Yes, He has yes. such a beautiful face. I, I, I fell in love myself with a golden retriever quite by accident because I really didn't think that I would ever need or want a golden retriever, but I got involved in a uh, puppy raising program for a local service dog organization, and the puppy that they delivered to me was this absolutely gorgeous (laughs) eight-week-old bundle of golden retriever. I love golden retriever puppies. I fell madly, madly in love, and unfortunately, in that puppy raising program, we had her for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And so when the time came that it was ready to give her up so that she could go on for her advanced training, um, it was just like severing pieces of your body. Absolutely. Because we were, oh, we loved her so much, and she was so beautiful. Her name was Sienna. Yeah, and I, uh, that's why I could never be a puppy raiser. It's just, just too heartbreaking to give them up, I think. I really admire people that can do that. I truly do. Well, I admire them, too, because I didn't do a very good job of it. And um, in terms of the giving up part and the day that my husband was driving Sienna and I back to her organization to drop her off, I'm laying on the back floor of the truck, hugging this dog and crying and crying. And my husband saying, he says, I knew you couldn't do this. I knew you couldn't do this. And I yeah. said, well, I'm doing it. I, I'm not happy about it, but I'm doing it. And it's for my a greater good. Oh, it really was, and she has a fabulous home, fabulous home, and Good. she's doing a Good. wonderful, wonderful job. But um, that was a, a very important lesson for me, so she came into my life for an important reason. But we mm-hmm. grieved her loss so profoundly yes. that my my yes. co-puppy raiser and I, we immediately went out and got another puppy to raise. <laughs> and uh, I have to say, this second time around, though, um, I am a failed puppy raiser because oh. Pete Pete lives with me, and um, he did he was placed for a while. He went on to do a great job. He was the camp dog at a camp challenge here in Central Florida, but um, due to circumstances surrounding um, the camp director and her family, he was unable to stay there. And ultimately, now he he lives at my house as a as my pet. So. Sales puppy raiser, I'll admit it. So (laughs) I'm going to tell folks a little bit more about you, Sherry, because I think you're being a little bit modest about your qualifications. So Sherry has over a 1,000 hours of certified training in lots of different areas, from canine aquatic therapy to small animal massage, small animal acupressure, animal aromatherapy, which you're going to have to tell us more about that because I know nothing about that. Um, Reiki, and I have taken Reiki um, for pets, and I've taken Reiki 1 and 2 myself for humans. So I know a little bit about that. Well, you know, it's interesting interesting because there really is no difference between animal Reiki and people Reiki because Reiki is Reiki is Reiki, and that's a lot of people get confused about that. I choose not to practice on people 
my Reiki. I practice strictly with dogs, but I do teach people as a Reiki master. I do teach people who want to practice solely on people. So it's the same thing. There's no difference in in how you do it. So I just wanted to just state that. That was an excellent clarification. Um, Sherry also has training in animal communication. So you and uh, Christine actually would have a lot in common because Christine (laughs) is a, a master in that area. Oh, also canine behavior and pet first aid and CPR. So I think you're being a little modest about your credentials. So you come to this business highly, highly qualified, and you're also the author of two books, Healthy Dogs, mm-hmm. Your Loving Touch, Acupressure Massage for Your Dog, as well as Healthy Dogs, Soothing Massage. And I, if I mispronounce this, you'll have to correct me, but the effleurage technique made easy. Yes, that's correct. That's correct. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. when we in a little bit, we'll come back and we'll talk more about that. But um, just briefly, can you tell me what effleurage is? Effleurage is one of the primary strokes in a Swedish massage, and it's the easiest one to do. It's basically it resembles petting your dog. You know, if you do a, like a long stroke, you can even do short strokes, but say a long stroke from head to tail, that's really what an effleurage stroke is. The difference when you're doing massage versus petting your dog is your intent. So your intent when you're doing a massage is to heal, is to is to give your dog a massage. If you're sitting front in front of the TV watching a soap opera and just petting your dog while he's on the couch with you, that's petting. If you're actually sitting down in a quiet room doing that same type of stroke with your dog, that's considered an effleurage stroke. Okay, very, very interesting. Well, again, if folks want to visit your website, they can go to rockiesretreat.com. We're talking with Sherry Capabianca, one of the owners of Rocky's Retreat. And we're going to be talking a lot more with Sherry. She's going to stay with us throughout the hour here. Today is Memorial Monday, so we're remembering pets that we've loved and lost. And Sherry was sharing with us the story of her beloved dog, Rocky, who died in 2007, came into her life for a very, very important reason, to get her started on Rocky's Retreat. And and I didn't know this, Sherry, but I was really surprised when you just said that uh, he died two weeks after you opened the facility. One week, one week. Oh, he, one we, week. Yeah, we we got back from um, from my actually my aromatherapy class in Wisconsin uh, on a Sunday, and Wednesday he was dead. Oh my goodness! So well, we're going to go to break now, and, and we'll talk more about that when we get back. Okay. And uh, thank you. Stay on the line. And you're listening okay. to All My Children Wear Fur Coats on Nature's Channel FM. You are listening to All My Children Wear Fur Coats with estate planning attorney and animal advocate Peggy Hoyt, airing every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time here on Nature's Channel FM. Find archives and more at LegacyForYourPet.com. Serendipity, every Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on Nature'sChannel.fm. Want to know what the latest garden trends are? Learn about homesteading techniques and get helpful tips that will help your garden grow? Join Shelly Levis as she explores eco-friendly gardening methods and fun do-it-yourself projects that will have you thinking outside the pot. Serendipity, Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on Nature'sChannel.fm. Steal Back Your Health with Dr. Erica Steele airs live every Wednesday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on natureschannel.fm. The four physicians are time, nature, and patience, but most importantly, education. 
Join Dr. Steele and empower you and your family to live naturally, reclaim your personal health power, and feel great. Tune in to Steal Back Your Health on natureschannel.fm. Nature Speaks airs every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Nature is our greatest teacher and our greatest gift. If we listen, nature will teach us and guide us. Nature will show us how to live with grace and ease and in alignment with all that is right. Visit LetNatureBeYourGuide.com for archives, daily messages from nature, information on nature's sanctuary Sunday services, and more. Let nature be your guide. You are listening to All My Children Wear Fur Coats with estate planning attorney and animal advocate, Peggy Hoyt, airing every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time here on natureschannel.fm. Find archives and more at LegacyForYourPet.com. Welcome back. You're listening to All My Children Wear Fur Coats on natureschannel.fm. I'm your host, Peggy Hoyt, and today is Memorial Monday when we're remembering pets that we've loved and lost. And um, I'd like to remember one of my favorite dogs. He was a, um, a Sheltie mix, and his name was Bandit, probably a pretty common name for a Sheltie. But I, uh, I used to be on the board of directors at the Volusia County Humane Society and it was a real struggle for me to ever go to the shelter because, you know, there's a lot of dogs there and a lot of people clamoring for your attention. People, I mean dogs, but clamoring for your attention. And one day I had to go to the shelter and drop off some minutes from a meeting. And I said, well, I think I'm strong enough to be able to walk through the shelter today and just see who's there and sure enough, there was my little bandit, and he was the only dog that wasn't barking. And he was just looking at me like he knew that his fate was already predetermined, and that was all it took. And I brought Bandit home. He was probably about a year old at that time, and I loved him until he was 14 years old. I still love him and miss him today, but that's my bandit. We are talking with Sherry Capabianca. She's one of the owners of Rocky's Retreat here in Central Florida, and we're talking about the books that she's written on massage for dogs, and she was telling us a little bit about um, soothing massage for our dogs before we went to the break. Welcome back, Sherry. Thank you. Um, Sherry, you are partners with uh, Toby Gass. Tell us a little bit about Toby. Well, Toby and I met at a class in 2007. We were doing... um, I think it was our first acupressure class that we were taking. She took a couple of classes in acupressure, and I went on to get my certification. So we met. Uh, at the time, she still had her dog, Maxie, who was her inspiration for getting going in this business. Um, at the time, we were both working in corporate America. She was living in New Jersey, working for a large financial services firm, and then she was doing massage, canine massage, part-time, as I was doing it down here in Florida. And we became friends, and... Um, and we stayed in touch. And uh, in 2008, we took another class together, an advanced massage class up in Philadelphia. And at this time, I, I remember she had to leave a day early because Maxie, she, Maxie had pretty much, she had to go put Maxie to sleep. Maxie was a day, she died a day before her 14th birthday. Oh. So during that time, um, and she had her, her new dog, Bo, that she rescued from best friends out in Utah when she was doing some volunteer work out there. And I had my my nine-month-old puppy, Yankee, who's related to Rocky, who I still have now. And we both both have both dogs now. 
Um, so we started talking about doing a business together, and we knew, well, first of all, I knew I wasn't in a position to leave Orlando at the time, and she wanted to get out of New Jersey. So I said, well, why don't you come to Orlando and see what you think? So she came down for a visit at Christmas, and we started just thinking about what we wanted to do. And at the time, again, both of us just did the canine, you know, primarily the canine massage. I, I was doing the aromatherapy and the acupressure a little bit at that point. But we knew that we couldn't make a business out of just canine massage. So we started thinking, well, what do veterinarians really recognize as a proven form of alternative care to help dogs who have things like arthritis and stuff? And so hydrotherapy is the perfect answer for that. So we decided that we would build a business, um, uh, open a hydrotherapy slash massage slash et cetera type of business. So in 2009, she actually quit her job and sold her house and moved down here on a big leap of faith without a job. And um, and we started in 2009, you know, writing the business plan, looking for a, a place to buy. Um, you know, once we found the place and made the offer, found this place, you know, looking at the financing, you know, getting the financing and then doing the building. And then uh, in September 2011, we opened. And that's all she wrote, right? And that's all she wrote been been easy sailing ever since i i know starting a new business is never easy but um certainly i i see you at a lot of events in central florida in the animal world and so i know you you and toby are both very active in yeah, um, the the animal welfare world as well as just the general mm-hmm. animal world here in central florida right so um the two dogs that are pictured on your website those are your current dogs that you have yes Yes, okay. Golden okay. and Bo is the uh, the mixed breed. Okay, well, both very handsome dogs um, there. I am noticing on your website as well, which is rockiesretreat.com, if anyone wants to uh, take a look at Sherry and Toby's website, um, that if we sign up for your newsletter, we can get a ebook called Easy Tips for Bonding with Your Dog, and it mm-hmm. looks like you're also the author of that ebook. I am. I am. I love to write. I've always wanted to be an author. Uh, I've been that way ever since I was a kid. And at some point, I knew I would write a book. I just didn't know about what at that time. And and now I now I am. And I still write. And I'm and I'm still working on other ideas for future books. And I also have a I have a publishing company called Off the Leash Press. So I do publish books. And I have published at least one other person's book. I've got another book that I'm going to be publishing by someone here in the sh- in the near future. I love the name of that off the leash press. press. That's <laughs> yeah, it was, great. It was a moment of inspiration. <laughs> um, that's that's like when I started writing books, I created my own uh, publishing company as well because I figured that way, anytime I had an idea to pitch, it was uh, bound to be a good one, and the owner <laughs> of the publishing company would like my idea, right? Exactly. That's exactly right. It's the easiest <laughs> way to do it. Well, give us a couple of tips on bonding with our dogs. Well, you know, I think that spending time with your dog, I mean, and, and most of the, the tips in that book are various ways to spend time with your dog. Take your dog on vacation with you if you can. You know, go to a beach-friendly um, place. I mean, Captiva is a perfect example of, of something that's beach-friendly. Flagler Beach, which is, you know, very close to here. Or if you like to go camping or hiking, you know, take your dog with you. Um Go out to dinner to a dog-friendly restaurant. Go for a hike. Uh, go for a walk and just be present with your dog. Let your dog sniff and just 
don't be talking on your phone. I see people walking through my neighborhood all the time, and they're walking their dog, but they're on their phone, texting on their phone. And I'm thinking, you know, you're not really paying any attention to your dog. This is a great time to spend getting to know your dog. Um, give your dog a little massage. Sit to have your dog sit on the couch with you and watch TV. Those are just great things you can do. Just be with your dog. And those are all, appreciate them. Yeah, those are all excellent suggestions. And I know you bring your dogs to work, and I bring a dog to we work do. with me every day. So I can always picture the look on her face when she figures out that she might not be going with me that day. She really looks insulted. Um, you know, it's, it's funny. My dog, Yankee, now, uh, usually about Wednesday, he's like, do I really have to go there and have so much fun? Can't I just stay home and sleep on the bed today? So on occasion, I will let him stay home and sleep on the bed. And I leave, and he's on the bed, and I come home, he's on the bed. Oh, that's funny. So that's funny. like his downtime. Yeah, Layden gets very upset if um, she thinks she's not coming to the office. But um, your point about going camping with your dog is a good one, too. I do a mm-hmm. lot of um, motorhome camping with my horse and with my dogs, and uh, she's always front and center. She enjoys yeah. going on those camping trips, and she'd be heartbroken if she thought I was going to leave her behind. Yeah, we used to take Rocky back when I could take vacations. You know, In corporate America, you can take vacations when you own your business especially the first several years, it's hard to take a vacation. So back when I could take vacations, we would go up to the North Carolina mountains usually once a year, and we'd go to Captiva a couple of times a year and always take Rocky. In fact, some of Rocky's ashes are spread in Captiva because that was like his favorite place on earth. Oh, that's a, that's a terrific thing to do as well. We yeah. um, we had a guest on the show recently who um, has a, a pet funeral home. So we were talking oh. a lot about um, memorial um, programs for pets and uh, cremation and burial and those kinds of things. So that's really nice about spreading his ashes in Captiva. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things that you do and, and one of the things that you're best known for at Rocky's Retreat is the hydrotherapy. Can you talk mm-hmm. to us about that and tell us how that really does help dogs? Well, it it is, in my opinion, is nothing short of a miracle. Let me tell you a story, a couple of stories actually. Um Shortly after we opened, we had a a couple that contacted us. They had a dog named Bretta. She was a Rottweiler who was 11 years old at the time, and she couldn't walk. I mean, her arthritis was so bad that she couldn't walk. And they were going to euthanize her. And they just happened to find us on the Internet. Fortunately, they found us. She loved to swim, so they brought her in, and and we swam her for an hour twice a week. And within just a, a, a few weeks, she was walking again. And within about six weeks, she was playing with toys she hadn't touched in years and years. Oh, my gosh. So it it is it is nothing short of a miracle. So she lived an extra year, and they and she ended up passing away from cancer. And we have a we have an, another dog that just really really touched our heart. His name is Duncan. Was Duncan? He's since passed away. Um, He was also a Roddy. He was about three years old, and he was found in an abandoned home, and he couldn't walk at all. So they would carry him in, and we swam him. He was in rescue, so we swam him for free. We loved him, and he had such a happy look on his face when he swam because it was so freeing for him. He could move, and within a, a very short time, again, he was walking and running and lifting his leg like a boy dog. It was just amazing, absolutely amazing. Um, we have a, a new client that just came in a few weeks ago. She has a 14-year-old dog, and she just wanted the dog in the water to see if it would help her feel better. And mm-hmm. she called me and she said, the dog 
The dog couldn't walk at all. She said the dog took six steps. So oh my gosh. It's, it's great for dogs with arthritis. It's it's dogs that are recovering from surgery or non-surgical injury. They heal so much faster if you get them into hydrotherapy. Weight loss, it's a great, great way to lose weight because it's a non-weight-bearing exercise. Dogs that they're overweight often can't exercise enough on land because because of their joint issues. So, so to put them in the pool, it just really, really helps them. I, it's it's amazing, and and it's interesting that veterinarians. We've been in business for almost four years now. Veterinarians are finally starting to come around and say, "Oh yeah, maybe this can help," and they're starting to finally refer to us, which is great. It's been that it's is, been an uphill battle great. with them. Yeah. Right. Well, and I'm I'm glad that they're finally seeing the benefits to hydrotherapy and and you know it's having. Been, Go ahead. It's been it's been their clients that have gone in and said, "Look what look at my dog. Look what this has done for my dog," and that's what's really helped turn the veterinarians around. Well, you see, success will breed success in that regard, yes. and and the dog owners are going to probably be your best source of um, recommendations anyway. So I think that's terrific. I've been to your facility. I've seen that beautiful pool. Um, anybody would be jealous not to have that o- that pool at their <laughs> own house, and yet here it is, a pool that's uh, built just for dogs. Um, mm-hmm. You don't even let people swim in it, do you? We don't. No, it's it's not because we won't let them. It's because the health department won't let us. For oh, okay. some reason, they think it's not it's not clean for a human to get in with a dog. I think they're crazy, but you know how government is. Well, and for any of us who have ever shared a popsicle or some ice cream with our dog, we all think that <laughs> right, that's right. a little crazy. Well, yeah. we are enjoying talking to you. Stay with us. We're going to come back okay. in a few moments, but we're talking okay. with Sherry Capabianca from Rocky's Retreat in Orlando, Florida. And I'm Peggy Hoyt, and you're listening to All My Children Wear Fur Coats on natureschannel.fm. You are listening to All My Children Wear Fur Coats with estate planning attorney and animal advocate, Peggy Hoyt, airing every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time here on natureschannel.fm. Find archives and more at LegacyForYourPet.com. Serendipity, every Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on natureschannel.fm. Want to know what the latest garden trends are? Learn about homesteading techniques and get helpful tips that will help your garden grow? Join Shelly Levis as she explores eco-friendly gardening methods and fun do-it-yourself projects that will have you thinking outside the pot. Serendipity, Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on natureschannel.fm. Steal Back Your Health with Dr. Erica Steele airs live every Wednesday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on natureschannel.fm. The four physicians are time, nature, and patience, but most importantly, education. Join Dr. Steele and empower you and your family to live naturally, reclaim your personal health power, and feel great. Tune in to Steal Back Your Health on natureschannel.fm. Nature Speaks airs every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Nature is our greatest teacher and our greatest gift. If we listen, nature will teach us and guide us. Nature will show us how to live with grace and ease and in alignment with all that is right. Visit LetNatureBeYourGuide.com for archives, daily messages from nature, information on nature's sanctuary Sunday services, and more. Let nature be your guide. You are listening to All My Children Wear Fur Coats, 
with estate planning attorney and animal advocate, Peggy Hoyt, airing every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time here on natureschannel.fm. Find archives and more at LegacyForYourPet.com. Welcome back. You're listening to All My Children Wear Fur Coats on natureschannel.fm, and I am Peggy Hoyt, your host. Today is Memorial Monday, where we're celebrating the lives of pets that we've loved and lost. Um, I had mentioned my dog, Bandit, in an earlier segment. He was a shelter rescue that I had for 14 years, and um, one of my very, very favorite dogs even to this day. He made such a huge impact on my life. So we are talking with Sherry Capabianca from Rocky's Retreat, a canine health and fitness center located here in Central Florida. Uh, welcome back, Sherry. Thank you. I noticed on your website that you posed the question, are you loving your dog to death? Yes. Talk a little bit about that. We are seeing um, uh, an explosion in weight problems with dogs. And people, when your dog looks at you with those sad eyes, oh, I'm starving to death, I'm starving to death, many people just give them treats and give them treats and give them treats. And that, I think, is 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 what we meant when we said, are you loving your dog to death? Because you, you're doing it out of love or you're doing it because you feel guilty and, and because you've been, maybe because you've been gone all day, something like that. So you want to give them that love and you want to show it in the, in, in the way of, of giving them food because that's what they're, you know, they're wanting from you and begging from you. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's causing so many problems. Weight issues are causing so many problems now. And so do you think that uh, weight or obesity among dogs is one of the biggest problems that it's, are facing dogs today? I do, I do. I think if you look at the latest statistics, what I've read is that 54% of all dogs are overweight or obese. And interestingly, fat is becoming the new normal with dogs. And it's, if you, uh, the statistics for humans also show that only 38%, I think that was the last one that I saw, only 38% of humans are overweight or obese. So that means we've got some really thin people, you know, like yourself, who uh, have fat dogs. Not that you have fat dogs, but thin people I have, have fat, fat dogs. dogs. I do have <laughs> one fat dog. And it sure isn't from overfeeding him, so I can't figure out why he's fat. But um, maybe, yeah. maybe thyroid or something. Maybe it's thyroid. But Could be. When you have a dog that's overweight and you don't do anything about it, you know, they continue to put on the weight, people continue to overfeed, and they ex- and then they don't want to exercise, which then exacerbates the problem. And dogs now are getting diseases like humans are, such as diabetes and heart problems and breathing problems and, and joint problems, all because of excess weight. Yeah, so that really is not in their best interest. Um, it is I not know. in their best interest. I saw a picture, one of my clients showed me a picture of her mother's dachshund, and this dachshund should have probably weighed about 15 to 18 pounds, and I think he weighed about 35 pounds. Yeah, I believe and it. He, I believe he it. He looked like a bubble tick. Yeah, we and have. That's the only thing I could picture was this little teeny tiny head on this grossly yeah. overweight body, and I felt yeah. so bad for that little dog. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's, I mean, we see it so much. Um, you know, I, we had a dog that was coming with us, coming to us for a short time, you know, and finances are a real issue with, with a lot of people. Finances and their own health um, constraints, w- whether they can exercise their dogs enough, but this beagle weighed 
weighed probably 70, 75 pounds and should have weighed 30 to 35. I oh mean, he gosh. had rolls. He had rolls. He could barely walk. So it's, yeah, it's just, and this was a really thin woman who had him. And it's just. And what were you able yeah. to do to help this dog? Well, when she was coming to us, the dog was actually losing weight. The dog lost about five to seven pounds with us while she was coming. But then, you know, her husband said, no more. I don't want you spending any more money there on that. And then so she, you know, we encouraged her to get a treadmill for the dog. And uh, she did that. Not, you know, I just, I don't know what she's doing now. So, so a treadmill for a dog, that's interesting. I um, I hadn't thought of that. I just walk my dogs. Um, well, she she actually purchased a human treadmill, which we don't recommend. We actually have three treadmills here in our facility, um, but we rec- you know depending upon the dog, you can sometimes get away with a human treadmill. But the, the the problem with this particular dog, I think her issue was she bought a human treadmill, and human treadmills aren't slow enough when they at, the, at their starting speed. Oh, so right. she basically wasn't able to use it. Yeah, so then that doesn't help the dog at all, does it? Doesn't help the dog at all. No. So, so we've got I know that you uh, helped out a local um, newscaster with her dog. Tell a did. little bit about that story and what happened there. Well, we uh, we agreed to get this dog in shape um, for uh, it was a it's a local anchor on a on a on a uh, an anchor on a local news station, and she was the I guess the the sponsor or the the featured celebrity so to speak for this run that was going to be done in May. It was done last May, about a year ago. And we needed to prepare the dog and get the dog fit so that she could run with the dog. She's a runner herself, and she's in great shape. But the dog, they hadn't done anything with the dog. They've got two small kids, and they hadn't done anything with the dog in in a couple of years, so he was fat. So they started bringing him to us twice a week, beginning in January last year, um, in, uh, twice a week. He came for a full day. We exercised him a couple times a day on the treadmill. He swam. He played with the other dogs that are in our daycare. And by the end of the the, the 12 weeks, and we were actually featured on their newscast every every other week monitoring his progress, um, he had lost about 10 to 12 pounds and 8 inches off of his waist. Oh he my looked gosh. amazing. He looked amazing. Absolutely amazing. And then they actually did the run. And she and her dog came in first in the female category. Oh, my goodness. That was quite a turnaround for that dog. It was amazing turnaround, amazing turnaround. So, now, do you know if, if he's managed to keep the weight off? No, nah, not not totally, no, no. I mean, you know, they, they, they're both in the in the news business, both husband and wife, and they're, they lead extremely busy lives, and and so no. And I don't know that she's running right now because she's pregnant again. So, oh, uh, so the last time I saw the dog, actually, which was a few weeks ago, he had put on weight again, but not not to the extent that he had, was before. So that's good. That is good news. Well, give us a couple of examples of exercises that we could do with our own dogs to help them become more fit. One of the things, very simply, um, Obviously, walking your dog, and if you're able to jog, doing something like an interval type of thing where you jog for a minute or two and then you uh, walk for a minute or two, you want to make sure that your dog is at least two years old before you do this. You don't uh, you don't want to be running a dog that's under two years old, especially over pavement. You don't want to be doing a steady jog with them because 
their growth plates are still closing and you can do some damage and cause some arthritis later in years. But what you can do with any dog is teach them how to do a proper sit. And by that I mean sitting down, not moving the front legs, and just putting the back end down. So, And having the back legs point forward, having the front legs go straight down from the shoulders. And then what you can do is ask your dog to stand back up. So again, not moving the front legs, lifting the rear end, and kicking the back legs back into a perfect stand. What that does is that actually builds their entire core, their core muscles across their stomach, their hind end muscles, great, great form of exercise. You can also get them to, to do a, go from a stand to a down. Again, you just want them to plop. You don't want them to, to move front legs, move back legs. You just want them to go straight down. Um, okay. And, so and those, once are, your dog, those sound terrific. Go ahead. Another, another thing you, well, another easy thing you can do, too, is if you've got some cushions, like some sofa cushions that you don't mind getting dirty, put them on the floor and have your dog walk over them back and forth over them because because that's an unstable surface and whenever a dog walks over an unstable surface such as the sand uh, going to the beach is a great form of exercise they have to fire their muscles and have to work harder in order to maintain their balance and everything uh, so that just that builds muscle as well well we live in Florida so we have a lot of heat issues with dogs and yes. I know that there are certain breeds of dogs I would say boxers in particular who are not well particularly uh, good in the heat yeah, pugs, the uh, any of the the short snouted breeds, the brachiocephalic breeds, they uh, don't do well in heat. Pugs, especially bulldogs, especially. I see a lot of bulldogs out in the heat whenever we do an event, and it just I just want to go choke those people and tell them to get inside. You know, wear put on a fur coat and and pretend like you can't breathe and see how you like it. Yeah, that wouldn't be fun at all. And then I have yeah. a question from a listener, and she's asking about. Um, how do you feel about people bike riding with their dogs running alongside? I think it's great as long as you you have um, either a dog that is trained to do a you know to be on leash and not pull you down. Also, the dog needs to be over two years old. There's a couple of different manufacturers who make devices that attach to your bicycle that you attach a leash to. There's actually one those, in yeah. Central Florida. There's a guy in Central Florida who manufactures those as well. And something like that, I think, is great because the dog can't can't veer off in front of you, can't veer off to the side. So I think you need to take that slow and teach your dog how to do that. And I think it's a great form of exercise. But again, as long as your dog is over two years old and it's not too hot and the pavement's not too hot and you don't go too for too long of a distance. Some dogs are, are distance runners. Other dogs are, are more sprinters. And you need to take your dog's breed into consideration whenever you consider any kind of form of exercise. Absolutely. Well, and, and that makes me laugh because I'm thinking about a border collie that I used to have by the name of Fiona. And I was trying <laughs> to teach Fiona to uh, run alongside my bicycle. And I didn't have one of these devices that you were talking about. And this was in the early um, efforts of teaching her to do this. And um, I'm holding her leash and trying to ride my bike. And ultimately, she ended up pulling me off of my bike and we had a huge crash. And uh, it wasn't pretty. Ultimately, we got it figured out, but we had a few false starts there. She was probably trying to herd your bicycle. I wouldn't be surprised, but I've done all <laughs> kinds of crazy things on, on dogs, from riding my bike and holding my dog to wearing roller skates and holding my dog right. to riding my horse and holding my dog. <laughs> 
trying all kinds of different ways. Um, when I was a kid, it was nothing for us to horseback ride and bring the dogs along. But, oh, yeah. Um, any, anymore, it doesn't seem like most of the parks where we ride horses allow dogs um, right, when they're off true. leash. So that tends to be a problem. But those were good old days when you could have the dogs following along. Right, right. So I want to remind my listeners that we're talking with Sherry Capabianca. She is one of the owners of Rocky's Retreat, a canine health and fitness center here in Central Florida. Um, If you have a canine health and fitness center in your area and you have a fat dog, you should be taking your dog there. If you don't, you should be talking to Sherry and Toby at Rocky's Retreat, and um, maybe they can bring a facility to a town near you. You're listening to All My Children Wear Fur Coats on natureschannel.fm. I'm your host, Peggy Hoyt, and we are having a great time talking to Sherry, and we'll be back in a few moments. Pets share our day-to-day struggles, adventures, and special moments, and they love us unconditionally. For all these reasons and so many more, host Peggy Hoyt shares her extensive knowledge in estate planning, to help you ensure a healthy and safe future for your pets. Tune in to All My Children Wear Fur Coats every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time on natureschannel.fm. Sewindipity, every Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on natureschannel.fm. Want to know what the latest garden trends are? Learn about homesteading techniques and get helpful tips that will help your garden grow? Join Shelly Levis as she explores eco-friendly gardening methods and fun do-it-yourself projects that will have you thinking outside the pot. Serendipity, Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on natureschannel.fm. You are listening to All My Children Wear Fur Coats with estate planning attorney and animal advocate, Peggy Hoyt, airing every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time here on natureschannel.fm. Find archives and more at LegacyForYourPet.com. Hi, I'm Peggy Hoyt. I'm your host of All My Children Wear Fur Coats on Nature'sChannel.fm. We're talking today with Sherry Capabianca from Rocky's Retreat, a canine health and fitness center in Central Florida, actually located right here in Orlando, Florida. And I'm on their website at rockiesretreat.com, I'm looking at all of the services that they offer, everything from dog boarding to doggy daycare, hydrotherapy for dogs, dog massage, acupressure for dogs, Reiki for dogs, aromatherapy for dogs. And you can also even host a party at their facility for your dog. Um, So I think it's just a a fabulous facility. I do have a couple of questions. We only have a few moments left on the show. But I do want to ask about um, aromatherapy for dogs. What in the world is that? Um, Actually, if you know, if you follow anything about traditional Chinese medicine, aromatherapy or essential oils can affect the brain similar to acupuncture treatments. They can affect the entire body. They can move energy around the body just just like acupuncture can. And it's phenomenal for helping with uh, um, different kinds of behavior problems. That's how I've mostly used it with behavior problems, dogs that have separation anxiety, dogs that have um, noise phobias, 
things of that nature. Um, it does work. It does help with uh, physical problems as well, and it's a great alternative therapy, um, non-toxic. Well, it can be toxic, but non, you know, no drugs or anything like that. You have to uh, be really careful when you're doing it. You need to have, uh, you know, you don't want to just go buy and buy a, a bottle of lavender and give it to your dog. Um, you need to be really careful because it can actually um, have an adverse effect on your dog. So you need to talk to somebody who's trained in working with animals and aromatherapy before you do anything like that. Awesome, and that's good to know because um, I think most people would not know the right things to do in the aromatherapy area for their dogs. I noticed, too, that you're now offering dog boarding and doggy daycare. That that mm-hmm. wasn't the original mission of Rocky's Retreat, but you are now in the dog boarding and doggy daycare business. Tell us about we that. We are. We are. We started doing dog daycare a little over a year and a half ago, and it started because we offer a, a fitness program and where, where dogs can work out, and people kept saying, well, I don't have time to, to come there and and let you work my dog out, why can't we just bring the dog for the day and drop the dog off for the day? And people said that to us enough to where we finally said okay. So we started doing dog daycare. We only take 10 to 12 dogs a day because we want to be able to give each dog personal attention. Our focus, our whole focus here is on the health and well-being of dogs. So if you have a, a, a facility that houses 100 dogs, none of those dogs are really going to get any personal attention um, they're going to be stressed because there's so many dogs. Dogs, by their very nature, aren't really geared towards being into huge packs. That's another. That's one reason why I don't really care for dog parks, um, is because they like to to be in a small pack. They like to get to know the dogs they're with. And so our dog daycare, um, we only, like I said, only take 10 to 12 dogs. We put them in maximum of five dogs in a pack. And the same dogs come on the same day, so they all know each other and they all get along. We only take social dogs because not every dog is geared or should be in dog daycare. If you've got a like a five- or six-year-old shepherd, they don't really care about playing with other dogs. So why would you force a dog who doesn't want to be in daycare or be around other dogs, why would you force that dog to be in daycare? And that's what a lot of people do. Sure, that makes sense. Well, what would yeah. what would we look for if we were evaluating doggy daycares? What should we look for? Um, I would ask uh, how they do their evaluation process. How many dogs they put in one group? What the credentials and training are of the people that are that are taking care of the dogs? Um, uh, how many? What's the staff to dog ratio? Um, how how often they're they're out playing? Are there any outdoor play areas? If so, how big they are? Do they use artificial turf? I don't like artificial turf because many dogs don't like the feel of it, and it gets in Florida, it gets really hot in the summertime, and it smells because the urine doesn't drain through properly. So those are, you know, and also ask whether you can see the entire facility. If if they're not willing to show you the entire facility and notice how it smells, um, notice how clean it is, all of that stuff comes into play with daycare or with boarding. Right. So those are those are really good suggestions that people should keep in mind. Um, I know you mentioned to me when we were off the air about a local um, dog daycare or boarding facility who had who was in the news today for putting muzzles on they their were, dogs. And yeah, it was it was in the news a, a few weeks ago, two or three weeks oh, okay. ago. Well, and, uh, so yeah, we they, want to be they, careful they, that we don't end up with that scenario with our dogs for yeah. sure. Right, and 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 I mean, with respect to our boarding, we only 
right now we have the capability to board seven dogs or seven families of dogs. We're actually doing some a little bit of remodeling here, and we'll be able to have a total of 18 dogs or dog families. And that's all we want. We don't want to be in the in the warehousing of dogs business because they're not going to get the quality of care. You're not going to be able to give them the personal attention that we that they deserve, and they're not going to get the mental and emotional stimulation that they really need while they're in our care. So well, we and, do. And we, that, yeah, that's why we call it Rocky's Retreat, right? It's not for everybody. Right. It's just right. for it's those not. special dogs. And and, and those so, people who truly care about their dogs. Absolutely. Well, Sherry, we are so happy that you and Toby care about our dogs and that you've done a great job with Rocky's Retreat. I want to thank you for joining us today, and I want to encourage people to visit your website at rockiesretreat.com where you can receive your free Easy Tips for Bonding with Your Dog ebook by signing up for their monthly newsletter. They also offer classes for people in canine massage and a variety of other areas related to our dogs. Today was Memorial Monday. We were remembering the dogs that we've loved and lost or the pets that we've loved and lost. And if you want to participate with us on social media, you can find us on Facebook.com at All My Children Wear Fur Coats, at Twitter.com at Kids in Fur Coats. You can find us on YouTube. You can see us on Instagram. And you can also see us on Pinterest.com at Kids in Fur Coats. We enjoy being with you every week on Monday from 3 p.m. to 4 p.m. Our next show coming up on uh, June 8th is going to be Amy Sheever from Second Chance for Pets, and we will look forward to sharing with you, and we just want to thank Sherry and Toby for the fine work that they do at Rocky's Retreat in Orlando, Florida. Thanks again, Sherry. I'm your host, Peggy Hoyt, and you're listening to All My Children Wear Fur Coats on natureschannel.fm. Thank you for joining us on All My Children Wear Fur Coats here on natureschannel.fm. All My Children Wear Fur Coats explores options and alternatives for creating a lasting legacy for your pet. Visit LegacyForYourPet.com to join our email list for updates on shows, links to archives, information on complimentary pet planning workshops, and more. Be sure to tune in every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Happy tales! See you next week.